Welcome to the Be Free program where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm your host, Lueda Roshke. You are tuned to KERV AM 1230, Kerrville's original station. Well, thank you for joining me today. I believe God has set this up for you because he wants to minister to you. And we're going to be talking about the cross of Christ today. But uh, I always like to start off with a, a little story or something. But first, Harley Ballou is in the house, our uh, commissioner and producer and station manager, owner, slash all that stuff. How are you? I'm doing well. You all okay? right. I'm doing good. Well, did you and your bride have a beautiful, wonderful Valentine's Day? We uh, watched one of the grandkids. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I understand. She yeah. got flowers and she made me a nice meal and we played with uh, one of our little grandkiddos and had fun so that our uh, our daughter could go out, you know, so that yeah. was fun. <clears throat> Life is good. Yes. Life is good. Amen. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I hope everybody else did have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And uh, because you know what? Uh, love is a good thing. Love is a good thing. And the love of Christ is the best and it covers all. Well, I want to start with something now. Harley, I, I did a blog. Blog. Well, good for my you. Da- yeah. My dad said, is that like the blob that, uh, what is it on NCIS? Yeah, no. <laughs> Gibbs on NCIS calls it a blob. This oh. is actually a blog. At least I think it turned out to be one, but I'm going to read it, okay? All right. It's called Beauty in the Deep Places. My dad, husband, and I drove to Carlsbad Caverns yesterday. This was just a few days ago. They had both visited before. I, I however, had not. They were excited for me to see the caverns, and so was I. It was not without certain reservations on my part, though. I am not too much on being in tight, dark, dank, musty places. Just saying. I kept asking key questions that I thought were pertinent to my survival. It went something like this. How big are these caverns? How narrow are the tightest place we have to walk to? Is it well lit down there? What happens if the lights go out? How long will we be down there? How hard is it to get down in there? How hard is it to get back out of there? Is it cold down there? Is it hot down there? And of course, the very important, how should I dress and are there restrooms down there? That's the most important. Now, don't let the barrage of extremely important queries fool you into thinking I am needy, high maintenance, or anything like that. Maybe I'm just very inquisitive. I just wanted to cover all the angles and situations that might arise while down in the deep unknown. I needed to prepare for whatever might come in this slightly unnerving adventure, or at the least, I know what I needed to have in my purse and pockets that might save the day just the kind of girl I am and how my brain operates. When I go on a trip of any kind, it looks like I'm immigrating to Australia. So I'm told, lies, all hateful lies propagated by my family and friends. Daddy and hubby assure me that, it's, that it is concrete, a concrete smooth walkway down to the entrance. The caverns are very open, no tight places to the big room that we would be visiting. Everything is well lit and we had flashlights and cell phones on the off chance of one in a million that there would be a cosmic event that would cause the lights to go out in the caverns. It would take us a couple of hours. Surely I could manage two hours. Oh, and my favorite, we would ride an elevator down and back up because my dad recently had knee replacement surgery. I was content to let it be my excuse for not having to do all that unnecessary walking and climbing. Oh, happy day. Well, okay, I finally had all my questions answered to my cautious satisfaction, and I decided that I am a mighty woman of faith and I can do this thing. Bring it on, caverns, here I come. After the long drive, we arrive, and lo and behold, the elevator is out of service. Oh, no, this can't be. Thankfully, my dad said there was no way he could do all that walking. I quickly agreed with his assessment. My husband and I could not go off and leave him for two hours now, could we? 
So we decided to watch the 15-minute documentary of the history of the caverns and then check out the gift shop before heading out. <laughs> After watching the movie, I was disappointed we could not go see it in person, even though it still looked a little scary and treacherous. I don't pretend to understand or be able to adequately articulate the science of how the caverns were formed, so I'm not even going to try. Science was never a strong suit of mine anyway. It was mind-boggling to think of all that magnificence was way below the surface. Surface, excuse me. Everything was above ground, was life as usual, while nestled underneath was a realm of unspeakable wonders. So easy to drive by and not even know it existed. Existed it has for many, many years. No one knows for sure how long it has been forming. It is still to this day changing and being sculpted into a natural showcase of splendor. There are still new passages being discovered every day. It was sensory overload, and this is just from me seeing a very low-budget 15-minute documentary of it on a flat screen. Even that was spectacular to behold. I can only enjoy it, though, through someone else's eyes and experience because I had not personally been to that deep cavern. Don't think I haven't been to some deep, dark places, though, because I most definitely have. It was when I was abused and abandoned as a child, when depression, rejection, low self-esteem, and unspeakable fear gripped me. It was in the anguish of raising children, seeing their pain and hurting more than they did. It was when I was wading through the flood tide of marital heartache. It was the times of the lack of money to take care of the necessities. It was when disappointed re disappointment replaced my dreams and grief overtook my joy. Yes, I have been there. I have been in the deep, dark, hidden places of life. As I invited my Creator into those empty caverns created by my acidic tears, I experienced His glory in my story. I would rather experience the beauty of God rather than draw back in fear, never going deep, just being content to stay on the surface and to be an observer of someone else's experience. The acidic rain in Carlsbad Canvards can be seen as either eroding limestone or masterfully, masterfully forming the gorgeous soda straws, large stalactites, stalagmites, columns, draperies, flowstone, cave pearls, lily pads, popcorn, and argonites that delight the visitors day after day. What is your perception of your tears? Can you see beyond the pain and the circumstances to the hand of God working in the midst of it? Can you see the kingdom of God in your life? I will readily admit sometimes it's harder to see than others. Know this, what was meant to destroy you by the hand of the enemy can be turned for your good if it is yielded to the Lord. You can be an awe-inspiring display of his grace, mercy, and faithfulness. All things are possible with God. Through his power, the victim becomes the victor and the brokenhearted is healed. There is a beauty being formed in the deep hidden places of life, a place where acidic tears are falling, eroding the long-standing hardened areas of past pain while sculpting and forming love, hope, joy, strength, and character, a process of revelation of who God is and his unfailing love, exploring the many facets of his power and kingdom begins in this place, hidden beneath the surface of who you are, the Holy Spirit is hovering and brooding over the chaotic, formless mess as he did in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. There is a masterful flurry of construction, renovation, fortifying, and creativity happening right now in accordance with the heavenly blueprints for your life. He has, a plan, he has plans for a future and hope for you. It is promised in Jeremiah 29, 11. Don't forget to look for the beauty in the deep places because it is most assuredly there. 
You know, Psalms 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And I love the fact that Jesus Christ, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Uh, he is not a God who was afar off and, and didn't uh, come down to where we are and to our level and experience pain and heartache like we have. Uh, he is touched with what touches us. And I just feel like there may be those listening uh, to the radio programs or on watching on Facebook that maybe you've experienced some heartbreak. Maybe this Valentine's Day was a time of pain and, and disappointment and uh, regret. Well, I'm going to tell you today that uh, the Spirit of God is with you and he's here to heal your broken heart and to minister to you. Uh, because we have a God that loves us and cares for us. And he's a God of miracles. He can take the worst and turn it around for good. I've seen him do it many times in my life and other people's lives. Praise God. Well, we have a treat for you today. We have Max Griner in the house today. I'm telling you what, he is an amazing man. He is powerful in the Lord. Uh, he is a sculptor extraordinaire. And he's an artist. He also is a craftsman. He creates beautiful jewelry. Uh, but something that is absolutely, it's almost indescribable, is the Sculpture Prayer Garden in Kerrville, Texas, that Max is the uh, president of that foundation, the 501c3, as well as the designer, sculptor, engineer, all those wonderful things. So, Max Griner, welcome today oh, to the program. <clears throat> Thank you, Lueda, for the invitation. Oh, I, hey, I love you. I love what you're doing, and I believe God Thank is you, really using it in mighty, great, great ways. Well, did you have a good Valentine's Day? I did. I did. I took my bribe. We figured out we've had 48 uh, Valentine days together because I dated her before we got wow. married. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, I started dating her when she was, <laughs> was just marrying a stranger. Spot her when she was sixteen, and I've been on her trail like a <laughs> buck ever since then. You know, and uh, and so we were able to go. It took her out to eat and uh, had some ice cream and talked about the days of when I used to take her out and go uh, bow fishing. And yeah. we'd port out there and we'd take <laughs> a bow and arrow and go out and stand on a pipe crossing a canal and shoot at garfish together. Now that's and she'd a hold the flashlight and that's what we did on the dates. Romantic uh, guy. Yeah. Boy, I tell you. Man yeah. after my Woo! own heart. Yeah, we Love did it. learn not to do the smooching part, uh, you know, after the bow fishing because you smelled so bad like them fish. So we learned, let's do the kissing first, you know. So we're still kissing. Well, that's a good thing. After yeah, and that she's many a great years. lady. Sherry. Yes, she is. Sherry Love Sherry. Sherry. She is wonderful. Well, Max, you didn't have a real easy path to putting this garden up. Tell us a little bit about that and about the garden and what God's doing. Yeah, what it is, um, you know, maybe let's talk about the fruit a second. What sure. it is, we built a um, a free sculpture prayer garden park on the side of Interstate 10, and uh, and it is a place where people can find God without going through religion, and uh, and it's not a personality centered thing. It's a God centered thing. It's non denominational. It's not the Pentecostals or the Catholics or the Baptists or the Presbyterians. It's scripture, and we have 77 Bible verses laid out in a 300-foot-long cross-shaped garden, uh, and these Bible verses are in Spanish, English, and German. And as people come off the interstate and they see this big, giant, hollow, empty cross, 77 foot, 7 inches tall, called the Empty Cross, and it's, uh, we believe it's the most symbolic cross in the world, um, they're drawn in, and they're not sure they're just going to get a free tourist attraction. Is, is there just curiosity? Holy Spirit uses that, and what happens is they... Uh, they get to the foot of this cross-shaped garden and start reading these scriptures, and they're in tiles on the ground. Uh, and so they read these, and 
first it explains who God is, that there is a God. And if you look for me, you'll find me. And then it builds the case. And as you move towards the cross, suddenly Jesus is identified as the Messiah of the Jews. And finally, you work your way into the cross. And on the, around you, you're looking at sculptures, big monumental sculptures that I've done over my lifetime. First one you see is Fisher of Man, Christ holding a fishing net out when he called Andrew and Peter. And so it's really a welcoming. I'm welcoming you to follow me. And so that's the first thing people see. And then they go around the corner and they see the uh, divine servant, Jesus, washing Peter's feet. And that's the serving that he did and asked us to do to serve others. And then finally you get to the cross because after he did the, you know, the Lord's Supper and washing the disciples' feet in John 13, uh, he was crucified. And so in that cross, when they get there, the people, there's four prayers, big plaques. And the first one's how to know God, how to know Jesus, how to be born again. That's like old Billy Graham said, you can meet Jesus at the foot of the cross, and literally we have a place to do that. And so people get born again right there. Their lives are transformed. And then at the bottom of that, it says there's more. God's got some more good stuff for you because, you know, that's your what some people call the fire insurance. That's true. But he wants to be with you and active the rest of your life. Yeah. It doesn't end just when you get that policy, you know. It's, it, and so then uh, we say that he has some gifts. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it lists the nine gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit that he wants to give his children. And they, those gifts um, are what allows Christians to do many things they could never do by themselves and in, the, in their own physical and natural abilities. So we, we explain that scripturally. We show them what it is. We show the gifts. And then we ask, we have a little prayer. And people pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I call the empowerment since my roots are fourth generation Southern Baptist. Uh, the Pentecostals and, the, and some of the others, they call that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What I've learned is it doesn't make any difference what you call it, you just get it. Because what it does, it makes you a better servant of Jesus Christ and it makes you more effective in what you do. And so um, that prayer is there. So people pray that and then the next plaque behind them is about healing and people need Almost all of us, most of the time, need healing in ourselves, our bodies, or our family. And so it lays out the scriptural basis for physical healing, supernatural healing, biblical healing that's laid out in the Bible. And so people can read down that, and there's forgiveness, and there's repentance, and there's um, different things uh, that are identified by the scripture. And we just kind of... Uh, condensed it down to where somebody can take it in and so we have them do these things one of which of course is being born again mm -hmm. and then also then being surrendered to God and asking for his gifts and then that we pray for healing or the person can pray for healing and and we've had dramatic healings happen just as people stand there at the cross both physical and psychological mm -hmm. and I mean we get hundreds and hundreds of letters that come in and then the last plaque is about miracles, signs, and wonders. And um, a lot of people don't think any of this still happens, but you read your Bible, yes, it's in there. It never says he quit. That's he didn't right. quit. There are millions of people that are experiencing this. I know thousands and thousands. And often in our lives, we need a miracle. We need a child to come back. We need a car. We need a check to pay the utility bill. We need, <laughs> we need a job. We need something. And, and that explains to people how you can pray for that. And so that's laid out. And so basically there's four prayers. And then once people pray those four prayers, I mean, it's a pretty well the full meal deal. And they're walking out of there and they may not have known God at all. And they come out saved, you know, full of the Holy Spirit, on fire for the Lord and commissioned. And then they, as they exit the cross, the verses are from the Bible that talk about um, discipleship and how to walk with Christ, go to church, get water baptized. Uh, here's how you need to do You need to read the Bible. You need to pray. And those verses as you exit, so literally as you leave, 
you've got the Bible condensed into 77 verses and four prayers, and it's changing thousands of people, Louie. I mean, the, the, every single day that I look at the prayer cards that come in, and thousands of people have now been born again and baptized. We've lost count now because there are a lot of people that um, they weren't looking for God when they came. They were looking for something to do on the side of the highway. And, you know, Harley, people are kind of crazy. We'll stop for anything on the side of the highway. Like there's a big ball of yarn somewhere, you know, <laughs> and people stop just to see this big ball of yarn. Right. And uh, uh, anyways, um, you know, that's what um, what we've got. And so that's that changes people's lives. And, uh, and they go out from there, and they experience miracles, signs, and wonders, a lot of them. They, some of them have seen angels. We've got the photographs. It's all on our websites. We talk about it on our radio show, The Cross at Kerrville, um, that we have also on the website. Well, Max, what about that beautiful sculpture of Jesus, of Jesus on a white horse? Tell us about that one. Yeah, you know, um, as one Catholic friend told me one time, he says, I didn't know Jesus had a horse, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, the truth is he does in, uh, revelation nineteen eleven, it talks about the Lord coming back this time as a lion, as a warrior. He came first as a lamb and he was sacrificed for the sins of the world, but it says he's coming back and, uh, and he's going to come back as the warrior and he's going to come back to, uh, to save his people, Israel, the Jews. Uh, he's going to uh, judge those that have rejected his love and hurt his children. And so we have a big, giant 18-foot uh, bronze sculpture on a 7-foot waterfall, living water waterfall. And as you uh, go from fishermen and you look and you see this, this horse and the rider with the sword raised up and a shofar in his hand, and it's in front of the the big cross. And so it's quite a sight to see. And literally some people just start weeping right there. And if, if you know the story, um, you know, that's your king. That's who's coming back for you. I was there whenever the, the sculpture was brought in. Right, I remember. And I was just in awe. Just, just you were weeping, Luada. I, I looked was, at you. I, yes. you were, and it was just laying down sideways yeah, yeah, on a trailer. Oh, yeah, and I just started crying. And I'm just like, stop it, stop. I just couldn't help it. I just started no. crying. That he was, It wasn't even lifted up. Then they took the crane and they began to lift that sculpture up. And it was there for a while. They had it hanging, just kind of swinging. In the air. In the air, and I thought, wow, that's what it's, I mean, <laughs> I was just imagining yeah. Jesus coming back in yeah, the clouds, yeah, yeah, and exactly. on the white horse, it was amazing, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, and well, all of the you. sculptures are, uh, they're very, um, they're very anointed, I mean, you can just feel, yeah. I mean, they, I know that God had to have, I mean, I know you're a smart man, Max, I know you're a smart man, <laughs> You know, you can't have an engineering degree and all that good stuff and not be smart. But I know you had to have had divine inspiration to create all those beautiful sculptures right. and to minister right. to soap. And what it does is it lifts up the name of Jesus and it causes people because they see that visual, right? They see that and it causes them to really begin to ponder and think about God. And right. then you go in and you read those scriptures and you go up inside the cross and read all those plaques and and you just feel the presence of God because there's 24 seven uh, worship music playing up there as right, well. Right. Well, God, a friend of mine, um, an artist says he, he calls that eye gate evangelism. Yeah. Where God uses the eye to capture the person's attention. And we are visual beings. I mean, that's just the way God made us. I mean, the studies show that we remember more about what we see than what we hear, you know, and that's just the way he wired us. And so visual things God can use. So can the devil, as a matter yeah. of fact. I mean, yeah. that's that's why this, the slippery slope of that and the pornography and all the other stuff is is our eye gate 
is, is very, very important about what we focus on. And at least in the case of my artwork, um, what I, I learned, if I did stuff that God told me, he anointed it. And, and, uh, and you know, the Bible talks about Paul's handkerchief being anointed. Mm-hmm. And if, sure if God can anoint a handkerchief, mm-hmm. what can he do with a piece of art that depicts Jesus, his son, mm-hmm. the Messiah of the Jews? And so I know it's not me. Mm-hmm. I know it's not uh, even the metal, the bronze. But, but God has anointed it, and I mean thousands of people just start weeping when they come up there. And let me tell you, they don't do that at the Cowboy Artist Museum. No. They don't do it over at the Nimitz Museum. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I mean, then there's nice sculptures there. Right. You know, yeah. but some artists better than me. But God has anointed this work, and now, uh, and it all came supernaturally. I mean, you read my, go to my website, um, can I say my website? Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to do that. You okay, go right it's ahead. It's www.maxgrinerart.com, maxgrinerart.com with G-R-E-I-N-E-R. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, all the stories of how God gave me each of those compositions is on there. And each one is a supernatural story, and it blew me away. And I didn't plan to be doing this. I mean, well, you know, Harley, when I met you, I was doing wildlife art and landscape yep. paintings. Had a place in the mall. And, yeah, and I was yeah. happy camper, yep. you know, and I was doing my bow hunting and living here in the hill country and had a beautiful wife that loved me and... Um, and then God got me all trained up, and he said, now I want you to do something for me. And I said, well, God, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> 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 Everything's fine, you know. And I disobeyed, and uh, and I disobeyed for about two years before I finally obeyed God. And he had told me to do the first sculpture, Jesus washing Peter's feet, the divine servant, which is a small one. And I disobeyed God, and boy, my deal went downstream fast. The economy crashed. My clients went bankrupt 95%. You know, and they were millionaires and a couple of billionaires. It was during the crash of the oil days. And then Sherry got a life-threatening illness, and she could possibly die. And then my dad got an incurable illness, and he could possibly die. And then all the wheels fell off the wagon, you know. And I was saying, <clears throat> I think I'm ready, God. <laughs> what was that you wanted to do yeah. again? <laughs> and and we did the Divine Servant, and it really opened the door for everything in my destiny that, that we're living today. It's amazing how disobedience opens up the door for the enemy to come in to steal, kill, and destroy. Because, you know, it does whenever we're not quick to obey. I, I've been there, done that, and uh, <laughs> don't like the results and the fruit of it. But it does. It, it opens the sure, door to that. Sure, When you disobey God, any of us, you step right out of his divine protection, his divine plan, and all that. And he'll, like a GPS, God positioning system, he'll bring you back. But yeah. you have to turn around and say, God, I'm sorry, I disobeyed. I want to come back. And yeah. just like the prodigal son story, man, he is there in an instant, and he hugs you, and his grace allows you to be restored. And so we kind of learned some hard lessons there. But Sherry and I have been tracking with the Holy Spirit, and this garden thing started now almost it's almost 17 years ago mm-hmm. when we got the word to do this garden. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And people, you need to go to the www.thecomingkingfoundation.org. You are going to, they actually, it also lists the other websites. They've got, mm-hmm. you have yeah, four, have four right? right? Four websites. Because, and they're really like fishing lines out. You know, we're yeah. evangelists. And so right. there's different ways you can catch folks. We got a trot line. Yeah, we got yeah. a net. We got a spinning cast rod. I mean, it's just however yeah. we can get the fish in the boat. Well, if they go to the Coming King that, foundation.org, it's the first one. Right, and right. then you can also call 830 Two eight seven seven four the office and get all the details because folks you don't want to miss 
this beautiful sculpture prayer garden right here in the Hill yeah. Country, right here in Kerrville, Texas. And so I invite you to do that. Folks, you are listening to KERV AM 1230, Kerrville's original station, to the Be Free program. I'm Loretta Roschke. I'm your host, and I love doing this. I, I just love getting to share what God's doing in this era, what He's doing in, in this earth, and to share with you the love of God. Listen, I want you to go to my prayer line. We have at 1 800 Prayer Line 866. 866- Two four one zero five seven nine eight six six two four one zero five seven nine. We want to pray for you, no matter what time it is. We want to pray for you and believe for your miracle, and uh, we want to see you blessed and ministered to, and saved and set free and delivered, and all that good stuff. So I invite you to call our prayer line and also uh, go to my website at luada.org, l-o-u-a-d-a.org. You're going to find podcasts of the previous radio programs. You're going to find blogs. Uh, probably 150 different TV programs that uh, I've done with sharing the gospel of Christ. And uh, we've had probably 2,200 people call in now for prayer after watching the program. More than that, I'm told. Uh, because Not because of me, because this girl is not educated to do this. I, I'm just by the Holy Spirit. I just share the word and it ministers to people because God wants to minister to people. It's him. It's his spirit. So go to Lueda.org and listen to that. Listen, this program is going to air on Monday as well on uh, Sundays at 10. It airs on Monday at 2 o'clock. Call your friends. Tell them to listen to it. And I believe it will be a blessing to them. We will be right back. We have a break. But come back. Stay tuned. We have more with Max Griner.